0: Case 2 is an exhibit case dedicated to Milestone and beloved cookbooks. So that means the cookbooks that were first or or that signaled a particular shift in foodways or food preparation techniques, but also ones that that have withstood the test of time. So um, when we look at historical cookbooks, they give readers the opportunity to discover historical foods and preparation techniques. But perhaps more interestingly, they can even give way to a shudder of recognition that things actually haven't changed so much in, you know, over, over the course of a century, let's say. This particular case brings together significant culinary pub- publications, ones that recorded and also shaped Canada's foodways and that represent pivotal moments in the evolution of Canada's culinary history. For example, the earliest publication here is actually the Canadian Farmer's Almanac. It's not a cookbook. But in the early days and before cookbooks were printed in Canada, that's how um, housewives or or settlers actually had access to recipes. Then the earliest cookbooks that were published in Canada were actually not um, providing Canadian content. Um, For instance, the Cook Not Mad or Rational Cookery, which is actually the first cookbook printed in Canada, is an edition of an American cookbook that was published in New York. Um, we don't actually have an authentically Canadian voice in Canadian cookbooks until Catherine Partrails The Female Emigrant's Guide in 1855. And in that guide, Catherine Partrail gives some pretty candid advice to European settlers. The sorts of things they should bring, the sorts of things they shouldn't bring. And she doesn't waste her time telling them about th- things that they know about. There are no pastry recipes in here, for example but there are some very interesting observations of foods that would be unfamiliar to them. So we hear a lot about wild rice, for example, maple syrup, you know, and and some version of of beans and squash being planted together. This case also contains two curious little books that signal absent voices as much as the ones that we actually did hear in the earliest 20th century. One is published in the United States in 1914, and it was understood to be the first Asian cookbook published in North America. Entitled the Japanese-Chinese cookbook, it was written by two Eurasian sisters from Montreal who, rather than use their maiden name, Eaton, took authorial credit with the Japanese-inflected pseudonym Onoto Botana and Sarah Bossi, which was Sarah Eaton's married name. The other was a book published in 1916 that offers thorough descriptions of indigenous farming techniques and the recipes of the Iroquois of Ontario, Quebec, and New York State, alongside many photographs. Frederick Wilkerson Waugh's book, The Iroquois Foods and Food Preparation, was actually commissioned by the federal government at a time when it had a pretty fraught relationship with Canada's First Peoples. We are aware that this anthropological study is not an example of a book written by a member of the Iroquois First Nations, but leaving this book out would mean that we left out a mention of the Iroquois Nation foodways. It wouldn't be until 1972 that Canada saw the publication by a major press of a book about Indigenous foodways actually written by a member of the First Nations. That book is by Bernard Asinoui, and it's called Recette Typique des Indiens, and it's, it's released by Lémiac. There's one corporate cookbook that's slipped into this exhibit case, and it's there because it's earned the title of one of Canada's best-beloved cookbooks because of the extent and the longevity of its influence. It's La Cuisinière Five Roses. When you last ate or served home baking, chances are that the recipe was influenced and possibly shaped, if not made, by the flour company behind this practical and powerful promotional publication.